CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dishing with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, here with Mara Levinsky, Senior Editor. Hi, everyone. So, Mara, the race is on for the Daytime Emmys. Uh, Last week, the list of actors who made the pre-nomination cut was released, and there are some really great names on there, both new and old. You know, I really feel the list is reflective of the year we've had. I mean, some years I look at who made the cut and I'm like genuinely perplexed. But I feel that this year it's so balanced and maybe that's part of having four shows. But there's a parody that sometimes I feel doesn't exist. Uh, Personally, I was thrilled to see Daisy's Drake Hogeston on the list. Actually, the nominations were announced on his 32nd anniversary on Days, and it marks the first time he was on it. You know, he did such great work after Marlena's shooting, and we gave him Performer of the Week. And I really hope to see him on the final ballot. Um, I was also so happy to see so many nominees from B&B this year. Uh, I think in, like, years past and last year especially, for some reason, they got real short shrift. Mm -hmm. Well, as our general hospital editor, I was, of course, delighted by their showing. I mean, how cool to see John Lindstrom back in the mix. And I think in the right category as lead actor. He'd been you know, gone from the canvas for such a long time and then really was only used as supporting, but he's now carrying what I think is the strongest storyline on the show and doing such interesting work as uh, serial killer Ryan, pretending to be his twin brother, Kevin. Uh, Also, Kirsten Storms, who plays Maxie, she was just heartbreaking in the storyline of, uh, you know, Maxie losing her husband, Nathan, in the line of duty. And I had spoken with Kirsten, who hasn't put her name in the running very often over the course of her daytime career, uh, about this, you know, very subject over the summer. And she said she didn't always feel she had the material, which is not uncommon for some actors to choose not to submit themselves and play the game, if you will. But she felt that she did have the the, the story and. 2018 and was going to do it. So that was one name I was really looking out for when the list was released. Oh, she was excellent in that story. And, you know, so is Michelle Stafford in Mm -hmm. that, you know, same story. Um, I feel we talked a lot about her eulogy at Nathan's funeral, which was just so moving. But really, you know, Michelle is amazing in whatever she does. So it's no surprise for me to see her there. But, you know, it's always nice when you feel someone deserves it and after the year they've had and then they make Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, I also have to shout out Max Gale, who plays Alzheimer's stricken Mike on GH. He's received his first nomination. Of course, this was the first year he was eligible <laughs> since he just started on the show last year. But I think Mike's storyline has also brought out some magnificent performances from Maurice Bernard, who plays his son, Sonny, and also made the cut this year. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's so funny because to me, it's like Maurice is always good. But then there are years where he just really, you know, stands out and is so much better. You know, as you know, I just got back from Los Angeles And on the ride out, I was sitting next to a woman who started talking to me as we were landing. Um, She saw me working during the ride, and she asked what I did. 
And um, I told her, and then she let me know that she has not missed a day of General Hospital in over 20 years. And let me tell you, she loves her some Sunny. <laughs> and it was like Sunny all day, every day. And I told her I was a big Sunny fan too. So again, I'm very happy, you know, to see Maurice. And I love the fact that he tweeted that he's not too cool to appreciate and be honored by the nomination, you know, because I think it's always an honor. And, yeah. and we forget that sometimes. Um, you know, I think where we're also going to see some cool competition is in the guest performer category. So in, in previous years, the rules surrounding the guest ca- actor category precluded the nomination of anyone who had played the role in a previous year. And that's no longer the case, which is why you see someone like Hunter Tylo, who joined b in 1992 as Taylor, eligible and on the prenom list because this year guest is defined just by the number of episodes in which you've appeared in a certain year. You know, it's a good change because you really see so many actors coming back for short-term visits mm-hmm. and, you know, usually it's for something meaty. And, you know, especially for days, I feel like they bring actors, you know, in and out for short stints. Um, Kate Mancy, who is currently airing as Abigail, is on that list. Um, and she's also won in the past. But then you also have Marcy Miller, who played Abigail before Kate, in lead actress. Um, and then you have someone like Kelly Krueger, you know, who's Mac on YNR. She was on years ago, but she came back in a very strong story with good material related to the JT drama. Speaking of which, Thad Luckenbill made the supporting actor cut. You know, I always find supporting to be such an interesting category because people who fall under that rubric can run the gamut of a Thad Luckenbill who did a limited run, but was in very, very heavy story throughout it, to someone like Eric Martzoff, who plays Brady on Days, who, you know, episode count-wise might be on more than a lot of people who are up for lead. And then you have someone like Aaron Spears from B&B, who I think of, you know, his Justin is really kind of that traditionally consummate supporting player on that show. Historically, it's been a category that people submit themselves in, sort of acknowledging maybe they're not as as veteran on their show as other people are, even if they are kind of in a leading story. You know, I think there's often some confusion about what constitutes lead versus supporting. You know, to your point, is it how many episodes you've been in, how much story you carry, how long you've been on the show? I mean, I feel we've certainly seen people win in each category that probably didn't really belong there. You know, leads that could have easily gone into supporting and supporting wins that likely should have been in lead. Mm -hmm. Um, Our guest today has actually won in every category available to her, and maybe she can clear it up for us. (laughs) It's B&B's five-time Emmy winner, Heather Tom. Let's get her on the phone. Hello. Hey, Heather. You're on with Stephanie Sloan and Mara Levinsky. Hello, hello. Hi, how are you? Great. Good. Thanks so much for joining us today. My pleasure. So you are in New York, I hear. I am. I am. I'm in New York. I'm um, shadowing uh, the director on God Funded Me. Oh, great. So we've been shooting all over the city, which has been really, really fun and very, very cold. I was just about to say, you chose quite the week. No, it's been really cold. <laughs> yeah, it was um, brutal. Yeah, it's it's really been insanely cold. <laughs> it's been the overarching theme of the entire shoot. <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Mara and I were just talking about the Emmys. First of all, congratulations on your daytime Emmy prenom. Oh, thank you. You're so welcome. Now, you, of course, are no stranger to finding yourself in Emmy contention. Um, You've won an impressive whopping five times. So what what does that statistic even mean to you, and does it ever get old? Um, No, I I mean, it never gets old. It's always, you know, it's fun to um, be invited to the party. And, uh, you know, I I have so much respect for my fellow uh, daytime uh, actors and 
the community as a whole, that I'm, I'm always happy to be a part of it and, and I'm grateful to be a part of it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe, you know, the Emmys are fun and I'm glad we, we still get together and honor daytime once a year. And, um, yeah, I hope it keeps going and going. Is there like one of your five wins that's like closest to your heart that like maybe you, you gaze more fondly at that statuette than the other ones? Um, I mean, they're, they're all kind of like marked different times in my life, really kind of, it's, it's kind of funny to say that, but it, it's true. Um, I think, you know, the one that I won when I was pregnant was kind of just the most fun because it was unexpected. And, you know, I, I can tell Zane that he was up there on stage with me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and like the burst of adrenaline that went through my body, just like he was doing like backflips. So I was like, woo, okay. Um, but yeah, it was, um, yeah, that was, that was certainly fun. You know, we were discussing about how actors choose where to put themselves, you know, in lead versus supporting. Um, You've won in both categories. So what's the behind the scenes thinking that goes into where you place yourself? You know, it's an interesting thing because I I would say that in most cases, the actors in supporting really have lead storylines. I think sometimes it's Sometimes it's an age thing. Sometimes it's an experience thing. Sometimes you just feel like, um, you know, that's the part that I had this year. I was a supporting character in the story. Um, you know, so you kind of have to gauge it. I did definitely feel that the years that I was in supporting that, you know, I I had I did have lead storylines, but I didn't feel like I was, like, ready to be in that category. And, um and then once I'd won and the supporting, I was like, okay, I'm ready to be in this category. And that's, that's kind of where I'm, I see myself staying. And if I don't have the material to stay in that category, then I just, I'm not going to submit. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. But it's a personal thing and you kind of have to have a feel for it and where you feel comfortable. I think Jacqueline went into the lead for the first time this year and mm-hmm. I'm really happy she did. Um, she's got, she's had a lot of really, really wonderful work this last year and, and she is you know, definitely, you know, a lead on this show. And so I'm happy that she, she made that leap. It was nice to see so many of your co-stars nominated because I feel sometimes B&B doesn't get the representation it deserves, maybe just because you have a smaller cast, but you got some amazing performers on your show. Yeah, I, you know, I hope so. I mean, I think that, um, you know, that I have no, I honestly, we've spent so many years trying to finagle how we vote and how we, you know, view work and all of this stuff. And I think there have been a lot of really good changes, changes for the better. But I think you just have to put your best work out there. And and we're a small community that wants to support each other and support our shows. And um, I think that people recognize that when good work is is out there, that, you know, they vote for it. And and hopefully it's not just a matter of like, oh, I'm not going to vote for something because they're on a different show. But I really honestly don't. I I don't see that so much anymore. Maybe when there are nine shows on the air, there's more of a rivalry. But I think we all kind of know we're in this together. (laughs) So uh, I don't necessarily think that uh, people are going like, I'm not going to vote for this person. She's simply not on my show. I would hope not. Yeah. That just wouldn't be right. It just wouldn't be right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Well, Heather, we always enjoy when we speak with someone with such a cool uh, 
history in daytime to do a little walk down memory lane with them. Um, oh boy, sure. Yeah. I so, I remember. <laughs> um, so you started off, of course, Adam YNR in 1990, playing the pivotal role of Victoria Newman. Um, yep. What are your like early memories of starting out on daytime when you were just a teenager? Well, I remember my first day at work. Um, Edward Scott, who was our executive producer, who's a you know producer on Born the Beautiful Now. Um, I had my first scenes with Eric Braden. And he came up to me and he said, I want you to be on time and know your lines and watch these people because they know what they're doing. And um, I've never forgotten that. It was like some of the best advice I've ever received just in, you know, not just on that show, but just in, in you know, being professional anywhere and, and recognizing when you, you go on any job, you should need to be prepared and you need to be able to like, you know, play with the big boys and and also watch and learn. And, and that kind of um, has that's really set the tone for my, my years on daytime and whatever show I was on, I kind of like, I I would look at the heavy hitters and and be like, okay, well, what are they doing? You know, what is, what's Susan Flannery doing? What's Erica Slayback doing? You know, what's Melody Thomas Scott, Jeannie Cooper doing? Like, what are they doing? And even the other shows that I haven't been on, just, you know, really recognizing that these people have something really special and that's why they've lasted for so long and have so many people who love them. And so, I think that was, you know, just a really, really amazing piece of advice to get right out of the gate and um, has, you know, like I said, set the tone for for how I've conducted myself in the last 28 years, <laughs> <It's just laughs> mm-hmm. been 29 years, or 29 years. Yeah, we're, yeah. We're, we're fast approaching. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, closing in on 29. Was it intimidating for you at first to be working with Eric and Melody? Um, I don't know that I was intimidated simply because... Um, you know, I was, I was 14. I'd been working a long time already. And, um, I think that, uh, I just, I didn't necessarily know what I was getting myself into. Um, and I do think that, uh, I was very fortunate to work with them kind of right at the beginning, especially with, with Eric and Mel, just because they had very, um, different styles. They, they showed up in a scene. They really made you listen and, and, and work and, um, you know, demanded a lot from you. And so, um, that, you know, really set my work ethic and, um, you know, it made me feel like, okay, well I can, I can stand up with them and I can, you know, I can, you know, uh, hold my own and that's, you know, and, and I can also, again, still learn from what they're doing. And, um, I, yeah, I, it was a little bit trial by fire, but I, I'm super grateful for it. <laughs> And you carried such heavy, dramatic material, you know, at such a young age. It's really wild to look back on. Yeah. I mean, Bill Bell was such a genius and he wrote such amazing story. And then Brad has carried in his footsteps. And, you know, I just, I remember getting scripts in my dressing room. They were just like little Christmas presents and I couldn't wait to read through and find out what I was doing. And you know, he really, um, he was really good to me in the storyline department, that is for sure. Um, and was willing to kind of go there with a, with, you know, a younger actor. Um, I think of the stories that I, that I did, and I'm not so sure that they would do that with an actor of 14, 15, 15 years old now. And, you know, and I'm, I'm glad they did. And, and uh, yeah, I had a, a lot of fun doing them. Well, in between your Y&R stints, you also played Kelly Kramer on One Life to Live. For a bit in the mid two thousand. So first of all, what propelled you to New York and what was your experience like on that show? Um, I'd always wanted to go to New York and um I was 
sad to leave fine arts. That was really my home, but I felt like I kind of had to go and see what else is out there and, and really kind of, I think kids do this when they go to college, like they spread their wings and they kind of like, you know, find out who they are. And, and I didn't really have that experience. And so this was kind of my like <laughs> college experience of like, I'm going to go someplace else where it's just me. And I, you know, um, I can, you know, push the boundaries a little bit. And I always wanted to go to conservatory. Um, and of course I was working, so I didn't ever get to go to, to something like that. And so my goal when I came to New York was to study because you can, you know, you can study with, with, with teachers that teach at Juilliard and Columbia and Yale, they all teach outside of those, um, those classrooms. And so I, I studied with, you know, Kristen Linkletter for voice and Jane Nichols for clowning and, and, you know, and I, I kind of put together my own curriculum and did a bunch of theater and, um, and One Life to Live was awesome. I had so much fun on that show. I, the cast was amazing. Just, just really, really salt of the earth people. And, um, you know, and, and Erica Slazak and Cassie DePiva were just awesome. And I had fun with that park. She was so different from Victoria. She was just this, like, fun, crazy, like, a little ditzy, but super, you know, lots of heart. And I, I just, I really loved Kelly. Um, so I, I had a good time. <laughs> Do you ever run into Gina Tonioni and talk about oh, how yeah, you both played the role? <laughs> she is right across the hall and I love her. Um, I had super big shoes to fill when I went to one life and, um, you know, I think she's just amazingly talented and doing such a, you know, bang up job over there at YNR. So, um, yeah, definitely. We actually have, we have a lunch date when, when I get back in town. <laughs> Very nice. So fast forwarding to 2007, you joined the cast of B&B and taking over the role of Katie. So was was mm-hmm. taking on this job like a no-brainer for you or did you have any hesitation about like locking into another daytime gig? Um, I mean, I don't think I, I, I you know, Brad called and offered me the job and of course I was like, oh yeah, I'll come back and work for the Bell family again. That sounds great. Um at the same time, I wanted to make sure that it was a good fit. And so I know that I did like a six month, um, uh, contract right out at first and you know, just to see, is, is this something that I was going to want to do? And, um, you know, and then after, you know, like a month into it, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is going to be fun. Um, I'm just trying to find my way through Katie and, and, um, you know, find her voice and, um, you know, where she kind of fit into the landscape and, know where I thought I would like to see her go. And, um, you know, so yeah, it, it was, it, it, I, I felt right at home. I mean, it was really wonderful to kind of walk back through the doors of CBS and be like, oh, okay, I'm back home again. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of being at CBS, so you are at the same studio as Y&R. So what is that like mm-hmm. for you and how often do you run into familiar faces from Genoa City? Oh, like all the time or right across the hall from each other. So yeah, we see each other all the time. Um, I go, I actually gone over there and shadowed in the booth, shadowed the directors over there to see how it's kind of different from what we do. Um, yeah, we're, you know, we're all close knit family. We, um, you know, we, we know each other and they, most of the people in the building, not just cast, but crew know me since I was 14. So, um, you know, it's a very, very comfortable place to be. I think you should, like, cross in the back of a scene one day that Amelia Heinley is doing as Victoria. <laughs> Make it very confusing. Yeah, I, I think Katie needs to go to Genoa City. <laughs> I think she needs to go and take a trip and, like, 
you know, I, I actually, I really do. I think it would be really fun. <laughs> that would be a fun crossover for sure. <laughs> yeah, it would. It would be a fun crossover. Or Victoria needs to come to, to Los Angeles. Oh, that would yeah, be great. You could do a house swap. You know, yeah, one or the other. <laughs> well, certainly on The Bold and the Beautiful, you have had a lovely parade of leading men to work opposite. So um, yeah. let's talk about some of them. So let's talk first about <laughs> Mr. Don Diamant. Yes. Um, well, I think Don Diamant or, you know, Bill is kind of Katie's one true love in a way. Um, you know, they had a really beautiful, I thought, super romantic love story there at the beginning. And um, I I love working with Donald. I, again, known him since I was 15. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so, and I think we always, we have a very nice, easy chemistry um, that, you know, it's, you can't really manufacture. It just comes from being really super comfortable with somebody and, trusting them and knowing them for so long and really kind of knowing them, you know, inside and out in, in a lot of ways. And so it's, I, I like that that translates onto the, onto the screen and we have a lot of fun working together. And I, I think that shows too. Well, was that strange actually working together because you did know him when you were so young? Like, was it awkward at first? Well, they actually started down that road right before I left. Cause I kept on talking. Jack Smith was actually the head writer at the time at Young and Restless. And I was like, Puff Atari with that. Put the tire with Brad. You know, like Don Diamant and I work really well together. And uh, and they didn't until I left. <laughs> and then they did. Rude. <laughs> Took yeah. your idea so, and everything. Um, <laughs> yeah. So when he came to Bold and the Beautiful, I was like, I was like, put Katie with Bill. Put Katie with Bill. <laughs> and, and so, um, you know, I don't know that I had any influence over Brad, but Brad did that. And I, you know, I think it worked out pretty well. Um, and now tell us about working with Torsten. Torsten's hysterical. I love Torsten. I don't, you know, he's just like, <laughs> he's the one who's always like, he's got something to complain about, but he's not really. It's always just like, it's, it's just, a, it's funny. He's just a funny guy, super smart. Um, you know, certainly, you know, not hard on the eyes. Um, and yeah, I, again, I love working with him. My gosh, I'm on the set right now, and it's so noisy. I don't know if you can hear all that. But, like, um, yeah, you know, I think I actually think we had a really nice chemistry, too. And so maybe they'll revisit Katie and Ridge. You never know, you know. And maybe maybe he'll give her a real ring this time. (laughs) Right. Because exactly. (laughs) The red string is certainly the legacy of that couple. The red string. Yeah. I think Brad punished us for that. Like, there was some kind of evil thing having to do with the red string. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, how long am I going to wear this damn string? And I was like, can he, at a certain point, can he just like swing by nails and like pick up a ring? You know, <laughs> like, you know like send his assistant out. Right. No. Money's not a problem. Yeah. I mean, you know, he could have stepped up at any point. I know. This damn string, like like bacteria string after a while. <laughs> more for like six months. I totally think Brad was like screwing with me. I really do. <laughs> I, I think that he was just like, yep, <laughs> there you go. String it up. That's really so, funny. Yeah. Well, you look at the ring, on, the rock on Brooke's finger, and you think Katie really got the short trip. That's that's really. I not know. Right. I really, I did get the short end of the deal, right? <laughs> um. So we absolutely loved weighty around these parts. So tell us about working with Darren Brooks. Ah, uh, I loved working with Darren. He's so much fun, and um, I just think that his 
the way he plays his character is just like it's so charming and funny and that's you know a lot of that is him and you know just being himself and um i thought they worked really well together and i don't know what the big hoopla was about you know the the um stepson stuff because i didn't even know you know katie didn't even know him until he was an adult and like brooke i mean if you look at her history my god like how could she how could this be scandalous (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that was really a bit of a convenient excuse to break them up because yeah, they were like, so great together. Like on daytime, but you never know. Again, they might they might revisit. I think I really liked that um, that uh, you know Wyatt did bring this fun side out of Katie, and I think that that was kind of an important part for her to explore and 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 realize that you know that. You know, she had this, you know, she she kind of had a real rough time there with Bill. Like, it was not fun for her. Yeah, and, there was no walk um, in the park, for sure. No, it was not. And so, and I think he kind of made, made her see that, you know, there are other ways to be loved. So, I thought it was a really sweet story. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, your most recent scene partner who has announced his departure, uh, Ingo Rademacher. <laughs> I know. I'm sad to see him go. Um you know, I, I was so happy that he was coming on. I'm happy that I was happy that they were bringing Thorne character back because I think it's it's kind of an important part of the show um, to have that family together. But I, you know, I'm 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 wish he had stuck it out a little longer <laughs> um, because Katie and Thorne were kind of just getting going. Um, but uh, you know, I, I understand that people want to move on and try other things and see what else is out there. So I, I do wish him all the luck. Um, now, Mara and I were huge fans of uh, Zane Acor, actually. Um, <laughs> he was so adorable. <laughs> and the fact that, obviously, he was your real-life son just added so much to the mix. Um, so, first of all, yeah. how is he doing? He's doing great. He's six. He's in kindergarten. Um, yeah, he's doing He's doing fantastic. Um, yeah, I know. It's he does ask me when he's going back to the studio, which I'm like, um, well, Will's in school, just like you are. So, uh, you know, and I'm just like, totally like lied to his face. <laughs> he misses <laughs> being like, a soap star. Like, it's a really bad mommy moment, but I just have, I can't break it to him. But, um, yeah, so it was very, it was lovely to have him there. And I'm so happy that they allowed me to do that. And it made sense. Um, but ultimately I knew that like, I didn't want, him to be a biz kid you know I wanted him to go to school and and do that part and it's a lot of work for the parents and I'm just not I'm not up for it to be honest <laughs> so uh you know all in good time he does cry on cue though I will say he <laughs> wow. totally cries on cue he like he, he gets uh, his frowny face and next thing you know he has tears streaming down his face and I'm like what is that? And he starts like laughing. I was like, Oh honey, you got to go deeper. You got to go deeper. You need to be more specific. I'm not buying any of this. You got to change your choice. <laughs> what, yeah. what memory are you calling upon? Let's exactly. Work Where's, it. Where is your, you know, where is your specificness? I don't buy any. It's all surface. <laughs> yeah. When mom, when mom's an actor and a director, who, yeah, it's, it's a little terrifying. I'm like, Oh man. <laughs> That's pretty hilarious. Well, how has it been to work with his successor, Mr. Mr. Finnegan George? Yeah, I love him. I, he's come on. He's really like, he's really loosened up into the role. I think he has a really sweet chemistry with Don. And 
and with me, you know, and um, I'm so happy to have him. He's, you know, he's always prepared, always professional and has brought so much to the story. I mean, it's definitely, they did ask and they said, hey, do you want, you know, would you want Zane to do this? If you want him to be kind of more of a story point and this is a, I, this is a terrible story and I will never, ever tell my child this, but I was like, yes, go ahead and age him. <laughs> that could be more of a story. So I pretty much got my child fired from his first job. Um, but For his yeah. own good. Um, again, really bad mommy moment, but, um, you know, but yeah, but Finn is just, um, he's really, he's, added a lot um to the story and i think um and it was important especially with the custody thing i think it was really important to have like a kid there who's like this is what they do they're they're an actor you know and um yeah i was lucky to find him um now obviously the logan sisters are such a popular group with the viewers and just the heart of b&b so much um yes. tell us about working <laughs> with katherine kelly lang and jennifer garris I'm so happy that Jen is back. I hated it when we only had two of the three Logan girls on the campus. And um, I I love my Logan sisters, and it doesn't really matter what they do. Like, Brooke can steal my husband over <laughs> and over again, and it's just like, whatever. Um, so, <laughs> you know, but yeah, it's, I again, I think that, um, you know, people buy us as sisters because we do have a very sisterly relationship in real life. And, um, you know, it was... Yeah, I love working with them. I'm so happy that the, the gang is back together. And it works so well. It, it just some of the scenes, like, Thank they you. wouldn't ring true or feel the same if they hadn't been with each other. Right. Yeah, I, I think so, yeah. And, you know, n- nobody, like, who doesn't love a good Logan girl hug? Come on. Yeah. you got to end the scenes with these Logan girl hugs. Right, and then they throw Bridget <laughs> and Hope in the mix. It just, you know, makes it exactly. it's like a full huddle. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So over the past few years, Heather, you've, you know, expanded your creative roster to include directing. Um, so yes. how did that come about and how did you end up, you know, directing at B&B and I guess getting access to the control room over there at YNR too? Yeah. Um, I, it's something I've always wanted to do. And so, um, but three and a half years ago now, I guess, uh, I asked Cindy Pop if she would, um, allow me to shadow her. She's one of our director producers and, um, and she was open to it. And so I went to Brad and I asked him if he would be okay with me doing that. And, um, he was absolutely okay with it. Um, no guarantees, like, you know, there's no guarantee of a show or anything of that sort. Um, so basically every moment I had that I was not working, I was with Cindy and she walked me through the job of the director, the many, many, many jobs of the director, because on daytime you do wear a lot of hats. And, um, you know, I was with her for, like six months and she would start throwing me segments from her shows, which is just insanely generous. And, you know, I mean, there's, it's a zero sum game, you know, definitely if somebody's working then somebody else isn't. And so it's just kind of an insanely generous, um, that she would go through that knowing that like, you know, I, I might get a show that she might've had, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of unheard of. And so, um, and so at a certain point, she's, you know, she said to Brad, the only way she's going to actually really learn is that she sits in the chair. And so I did that for a little bit. And then he gave me a show and, um, and then he gave me another one. And now I've done almost 20. So yeah, That's I amazing. directed yesterday. Wow. What's it like yeah, to direct your yeah. co-stars? Um, directing is like setting yourself on fire because <laughs> 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 it's just uh, insanely fast. And 
Um, you know, we're doing a crazy amount of, of material in a really short amount of time. And I, I love directing my co-stars because they are professionals and they know what they're doing. Um, and a lot of them have played their parts for decades. And so there's not a whole lot of like coaching going on, certainly, but we had some scenes yesterday, um, with, uh, uh, Katrina who plays Flo and, and, uh, Kiara who plays Zoe and they were really long, really intense scenes. And so we, we talked through the beats and we want to work it, you know, beat by beat. And that was really fun. I had a really good time doing that. Um, and, um, yeah, you know, it's, you, it, it's kind of, it's kind of nuts. <laughs> it definitely does feel like I'm wearing a different hat when I'm, when I'm there, you know, in that capacity, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not an actor at that, at that point. I'm the one in the booth going like, can they please get them on the marks? <laughs> so, do do yeah. you ever find yourself in a scene, um, where you want to look at your co-star and say, did you ever think about doing it this way? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, I think that, you know, I, we do talk through things when we're rehearsing, you know, I think that, like I said, a lot of us have played our parts for a long, long time, but you find stuff in rehearsal when you're rehearsing with another actor where you're like, Ooh, that's something interesting. Like, let's, let's bring some of that into it. Let's, uh, you know, where's the, what's the marrow of the scene? Like how, where are we going to find that thing that's going to like really set things off? And, um, you know, so you can, you can, find that. And then I think there have been instances where, you know, if somebody's playing it one way, you're like, well, if that's what you're giving me, then this is what I have to give you back. So let's talk about where we, you know, where we want to end up and, um, you know, and, and, you know, find our way through it that way. Well, tell us about the CBS director's program that you are currently a part of. Yeah, it's a CBS, um, directors and, and uh, initiatives. And, um, there are two women and two men who are chosen every year, and it's basically, it's a shadowing program, and it's you know it's a networking program. Uh, we meet with all of the executives at um, CBS, like everyone, <laughs> and um, and then they set us up with shadowing gigs on shows that we think might be good fits. Um, so I'm shadowing on Got Friend of Me right now, and then I'm I'm going to go to Charmed, and uh, there are a few others that we're setting up. So it's, that's so uh, cool. It's been awesome. Yeah, it's it's really cool. It's really, really cool. So I'm really excited to be a part of it. I'm thrilled to be a part of it, actually. And, um, you know, uh, kind of learning as much as I can. That's amazing. Do you see yourself maybe just directing someday, or do you think you'll always act? I I don't think you have to choose, you know, um, it, but it's definitely something that I I feel really passionate about. It 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 speaks to me. Um, you know, I had stuff yesterday on the show, even that I'm like, okay, that's exactly what I wanted. And it feels really, really creative and, and gratifying to kind of, um, see something in your head and then kind of see it come to fruition and, and work. Um, so yeah, it's definitely something I'm going to keep pursuing. Do you know Kimberly McCullough? I'm finding myself wondering since she, uh, I do know Kim. She's doing great. Yeah. There's an interesting, you know, overlap yeah. there between your interests. Well, we joked about you coming up on 29 years, but 30 is right around the corner. And what does that mean to you to, to realize, my goodness, you'll be celebrating your 30th year in, in daytime television? I know. Um, it's it's a little, it's crazy to think about, to be honest. It's just like, I it's, it's this normal thing that every now and then kind of hits you and goes like, wow, this is really not normal. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, a part of me goes that like most of my life is like on tape somewhere. And 
that's kind of crazy to think about. But I, I you know, I'm so grateful to to have had a job like this for that period of time. It's kind of unheard of. It doesn't exist in this business really anymore. <laughs> and um, you know, I I wouldn't have I wouldn't have chosen any kind of different path. Is exactly where um, I've always wanted to be. Well, that's the best thing to be able to say that exactly. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Heather. We love talking to you. Thank you. And um, stay warm. Yeah, if you, if you possibly can. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I will try. All right. Well, hopefully we'll talk soon. Have a good day. All right. You too. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Heather Tom for being our guest. Be sure to pick up a new issue on sale now and come back next week for another podcast. <laughs>